You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We have death on the inside of us. The wages of our sin is death. So we are helpless and hopeless. We are condemned to drink the cup of God's judgment and God's wrath because of it. Because we're, we're separated from God. We're estranged from Him. We're sinners. That was our sentence. Judgment. Everybody said what? Judgment. But... But, but God prescribed a substitute. Today, Pastor Dion walks us through God's grace for sinners throughout the story of Scripture. From the beginning, when Adam and Eve first sinned, God provided a substitute for their punishment. God showed mercy on Adam and Eve and killed an animal in their place, even though they were the ones who deserved death. This theme is repeated throughout the Bible, as God constantly rescues and forgives His people. And the ultimate sacrifice took place when Jesus gave His life for us. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Romans chapter 5, as he begins his message, Why Jesus Came. We're going to continue our series that we've been doing called Foundations. Can you say that out loud? Foundations. We have been learning about the foundations of our Christian faith. It's important to know what we believe and why we believe it. And so we've been going through this and learning some things about God, the Father. We learned about His nature. We learned about His character. We learned about His attributes. You know, we learned about how the ways that God reveals Himself to us because He wants to be known. He revealed Himself to us through creation. That's out there. Everybody said, out there. He's revealed Himself to, uh, to us through conscience. That's in here. He's also revealed Himself to us through His Word. That's right here. He's also revealed to Himself to us, and we learned this the last time, through His Son, Jesus Christ. Everybody say, through His what? Through His Son, Jesus Christ. So, God, we've, we've been learning the foundations, and first of all, about God and, and uh, who He is and what He's like. And we learned about how He reveals Himself through, and lastly, through His Son, Jesus. Jesus is the reflection of the Father. If we want to know what God looks like and what God would act like in a person, it's, we see it in Jesus Christ. In fact, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 says it like this, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets, and now in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. Everybody out loud this last line. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. So the last time we, were, we got together, because we've been learning about God, first of all, what He's like, who He is, but we also began learning about Jesus. He is the express image of the Father. We found out that Jesus is part of the Godhead. 
Jesus is eternal. He always was. Say it out loud. He what? Always was. Jesus was there at creation. Jesus was there throughout Old Testament history. And then we found out that Jesus was the plan for our rescue. Look at your neighbor and say, for our rescue. We're going to dig a little bit deeper in that. But after the fall of man, you know, Adam and Eve, after they sinned, God made some declarations. The declarations, here's one of the things that God said. God said, from the seed of the woman shall come an avenger who will bruise the serpent's head. Everybody say an avenger. An event. So here's the fact. Jesus always was. God said, hey, listen, after the fall of man, I'm going to send an avenger. And then he said this, through that avenger, all the nations of the world will be blessed. That's what God said about this coming Savior, coming Messiah. And, and then when the right time came, God made it happen. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 says this, But when the right time came, God sent His Son born of a woman. So here's the Son of God, you know, who was, always was, was there a creation, was there throughout Old Testament history. In God's mind, He was the plan for our salvation. And when the time was right, God had Him born, had everything worked out so that He could be born of a woman. And through the Immaculate Conception, Jesus was born 100% God, and 100% man. We said it this way, God in a bod. Say it out loud, what? God in a bod. Now, we also learned this about Jesus. For the first 30 years of Jesus' life, He laid down all of His divine powers and privileges. That's why there was no record of Jesus before His ministry began. He did not perform one miracle. Not one healing. He didn't read one thought. He didn't manipulate one thing in all of nature before, before his ministry began because he laid down all of his divine powers and privileges so that he could identify and relate with every one of us. Jesus, for the first 30 years, grew and learned and experienced life like all of us. Jesus had acne. Jesus went through puberty. Jesus had grief. He lost his father. He experienced grief. He experienced pain. He experienced anxiety. He experienced frustrations. He experienced limitations. Jesus can relate and identify with every one of us. He was, like I said, laid down his his powers and his privileges for 30 years so that he could be able to say this, that he knows and he cares. So say it out loud. Jesus knows and he cares. Look at your neighbor and tell him, Jesus knows and he cares about you. He knows every detail about what we experience. So we know and understand that Jesus came as one of us. But why did he come? Everybody say, ask the question, why? Look at your neighbor and say, why? I mean, we know that he came. We know that he existed. He's part of the creation. 
We know he was there all, all throughout Old Testament history. We know that God sent him and he came. But why? Why did he come? What would be your answer? Why did he come? To save us. To redeem us. To teach us. To die for us, right? Listen. The most common answer to why Jesus came, the most common answer would be, you know, and to save us, to die for us, which is true. But what if I told you there were at least four other reasons that Jesus came? Let's discover them today. Are you ready? Look at your neighbor and say, let's do this. Let's do this, all right? For other, why did Jesus come? Let's, let's uncover, let's tease that out. Why did Jesus came? Well, let's think, talk, what did God say? Well, God gave a message to Joseph, Mary's fiance, when Joseph was reluctant to marry Mary after she claimed to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, that's a lot to swallow. That's a lot to believe. When your fiance comes up to you and says, I, I'm pregnant, but, but it's from the Holy Spirit. So he wasn't sure. Should I divorce her privately? Or should I continue with the marriage? He wasn't sure. So God sent him a message. Here's what God said in Matthew 1, verse 21. Mary will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Everybody out loud. For he will save his people from their sins. All right? There it is. First and foremost, he's going to save his people. Why is he coming? To save his people from their sins. Then Jesus himself, during his ministry, made a statement about why he came. In John chapter 10, in verse 10, Jesus said, A thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I come to give life, a life in all of its fullness. All right? So there's another reason why Jesus came. So let's uncover that. God also gave the Apostle Paul a, a few more details about why Jesus came. And they were specific details. You'll find this in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. So if you want to open your Bibles there, we'll be in that chapter a couple of times. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, here's what it says. Why Jesus came. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law, the commandments were given, but it was not counted as sin because they were not yet any laws to break. Still, everyone died. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. 
But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we were guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness, for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. All right. So, listen, that sounds a little bit tangled in some respects, so let me unravel some of the text for you. First of all, the passage contrasts two distinct men. There's Adam and Christ. And he says, by one man, Adam, everybody says name, Adam, sin entered and spread. Guys, we all know the prohibition or command that God gave Adam to not eat of that one tree. But he disobeyed. Look at your neighbor and say, Cabezudo! Cabezudo! He was a knucklehead. And so look at the same neighbor and say, just like you. Just look at him and tell that, right? Now because of Adam's sin, because of Adam's sin entered and spread. And death infected everyone and everything. At that, on that moment that Adam sinned, the law of entropy began. The, things wearing out, things winding down, things degrading, things deteriorating. Guys, aging is the evidence of our fallen nature. I'm going to say it again. Aging is the evidence of our, I mean, our fallen nature. So go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, I can see it. I, I, can, I can see it. Huh? Wrinkles, white hair, hearing, sight, and memory fading are all proof of your fallen nature. Everyone got, has it, okay? It's kind of like that middle-aged couple, you know, who finally built their dream house. They were so pumped. We finally built it. But the contractor had a little bit of a concern. The concern was about an atrium window that they placed in their bathroom that looked, I mean, it was right there directly in line, she gave everybody clear sight of their walk-in shower. And he said, you know, the, the contractor said, I'm afraid that your neighbors might have a good view of you guys, you know, on natural over there, you know. And that's when the wife put the contractor to ease and she said, if they look, they'll only look once. Age. Everybody said age. <laughs> or the two friends who were sitting at a bar and they're having, you know, they're having a drink together and, and, and one of them looks at the other and he says, he says, see those two old guys sitting across from us? Those two old drunks over there. That's going to be us in 10 years. The other guy looks at him and says, dude, that's a mirror. That's us now. <laughs> Some of you walked in front of the mirror and had to take a double, a double look, right? Age, man, it's, it's part of our fallen nature. So because of Adam, we're born with our bodies dying. From the minute that we're born, it's deteriorating. And with our spirits dead. Because of Adam, we're born with our bodies dying and our spirits dead. Dead to God and dead to righteousness. In fact, the doctrinal word for this is total depravity. Being dead to God and dead to righteousness. 
Everybody say the word total depravity. Mean we're bad to the bone. We are born rotten to the core. So I always, you know, when people ask me, Pastor Dio, why do bad things happen to good people? I always respond with, there aren't any good people. What are you talking about? They're all bad. They're all rotten. It's total depravity. Now, some of us might not be as bad as we could be, but you are still bad. Go ahead and look at, yeah, go ahead and look at your name and say, bad to the bone. Just look, tell them that. And see, that's the reason God in the Bible said that there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Which leaves another problem because the wages of sin is death. Say it all out with me. The wages of sin is death. Eternal separation from God. So here's the fact of the matter. Because of Adam... We are all born with our bodies dying and our spirits dead. All right? And then we have death on the inside of us. The wages of our sin is death. So we are helpless and hopeless. We are condemned to drink the cup of God's judgment and God's wrath. Because of it. Because we're, we're separated from God. We're estranged from Him. We're sinners. That was our sentence. Judgment. Everybody said what? Judgment. But, but, but God prescribed a substitute. Everybody say it out loud. What? A substitute. The substitute was a perfect, spotless, innocent lamb. Now, listen. You and I were guilty. You and I were the sinners. You and I, not the lamb. But God chose from the very beginning create a substitute, to give us a substitute, all right? In fact, the day that Adam and Eve sinned, they were hiding. The sequential order of sin is fear, guilt, and hiding, all right? They were hi God came and said, hey guys, why are you hiding? They said, because we're naked. You've been naked the whole time. But sin creates a, a self-consciousness. Sin creates guilt. And so, well, we're naked. So Jesus, here's what God did. God provided some skins. Where did those skins come from? A skin of a lamb. And God was the one who himself made the sacrifice that the lamb should die and not them so that their sins could be covered. A lamb for a man. Everybody say that out loud. A lamb for a man. A substitute. All right? For a man. Now, guys, if you've ever wondered if God would save you if you were the only person on earth, the answer was right there. He did it for those two, and they were the only ones. So He would do it for you. All right? From then on, each person was responsible to sacrifice a lamb once a year. God modeled it, and so now every year they were to offer a sacrifice. Here's a couple of things to remember. Adam and Eve had sons. One of them was called Abel. Abel was a shepherd of sheep. It was, one of the only, it was the only animal at that point that they would actually multiply and shepherd and tend to. Why? Because Not because they ate them. Because nobody ate meat before the flood of Noah. I don't know if you guys knew that, but nobody ate meat until then. 
all right? So they were actually, you know, multiplying sheep for sacrifice. Each person needed a lamb for themselves. If you remember Cain and Abel's story, Abel offered what God had prescribed, what God did for them, a lamb, the lamb that he was multiplying, the lamb he was tending, he was a shepherd. He provided it, God accepted it. Cain, he offered something else. He offered the fruit of the ground. God said, no, Cain, you have to offer what I've prescribed. Go back and offer a lamb. He refused, and instead of offering a lamb, he killed his brother. You remember the story. But the idea is that I want you to see it was a lamb for a man. The sacrifice had to be made. The substitute that God provided. But then it moved from the prescription change. God said, instead of a lamb for a man, now I'm going to increase it. A lamb for a family. During the time that they were in Egypt, you remember, God said for each family to offer the Passover lamb. Each family was to offer a lamb, a spotless a blemishless lamb, and the blood would be put at the doorpost. So it was a lamb for a man at the beginning. Then God changed the prescription. A lamb for, that was a substitute. Everybody said, a what? A substitute. So they wouldn't die. The lamb died, and it was a substitute. A lamb for a family. But then, when the nation of Israel came into Jerusalem, they became a nation. God prescribed a different prescription. It was going to be a lamb for the nation. One lamb on a special day that God announced it. It's going to be called the Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, the day of covering. On that day, the high priest will offer a lamb for the whole nation of Jews. He will offer a lamb for everyone and everyone's sins will be covered for one year. You guys got that? A lamb for a man, a substitute for a man. A substitute then for a family. A substitute then for a nation. But there was one thing about it. One problem with this. Is that the lambs or the substitutes that were, were prescribed, they only offered limited and temporary coverage. They were limited to only Israel. Only Jews. Only their sins were being covered. And they had to do it every year. So it was like, you know, got to renew uh, I've got to renew. I've got to do it again. All right? So that was, that was, and, 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 so, and then this thing about covering their sins, it didn't forgive, it didn't remove the sins from them, it just covered them. That's what this, this substitute lamb did. God wanted to provide unlimited and eternal salvation. Once and for all salvation. All right? Once and for all forgiveness. So, here's what he did. He sent his son. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. As we cling to the simple Thank you for joining us here as Pastor Dion Cordova has brought you The Simple Truth. In this series, Pastor Dion has been exploring the foundations of the Christian faith. What is it that makes us who we are? What separates us from the rest of the world? Jesus made it pretty clear when he was talking to his disciples in John 13, 35, saying, By this all people will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. <laughs> that might be a foundational truth, but it's not an easy one. 
Consider the disciples. They all came from different walks of life. Jesus brought together a zealot and a tax collector who were quite simply enemies. Then he told them to love each other. What does that look like in your life? Do you know that love is to be your defining characteristic? That means wherever you are, whatever church you walk into, no matter if they look differently or do things differently, love is what you're called to do. If you're looking for a community dedicated to that principle, come and see us. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. We have services Sunday mornings at 9 or 11, and if you'd like to jump into a Bible study with us midweek, come by this Wednesday evening at 7. We'd love to have you. All this information and more can be found at tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. Head on over there now and check it out. We're at the end of our time today, but we hope to see you again when we come back with The Simple Truth. So let us join our hands and together we stand together.